Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Conversations on Conversations, where each week we explore a topic to have put, help us have more powerful conversations with ourselves and each other. I'm your host, Sarah Nell Wilson, and I'm so excited for our conversation with our guest this week, Uva Dockhorn, where we'll, we, we will be exploring the dynamics of relationships and leadership and high-achieving individuals and why we need to be thinking about the whole potential for those of you who have, you know, how he lovingly describes a very important partner at home. Uh, listen up. This will be some really beautiful free relationship <laughs> counseling for you and probably for me. So a little bit about Uva before we bring him on. He is an executive coach and the founder of the AIM Experience for busy ex- executives and their VIPs. They're very important partners at home. I love this. His three-part model has been proven in over 17,000 sessions across three continents. Uva's clients work with him so that they can get their career trajectory moving forward, upward again, Again, and at the same time, open up the floodgates for fun and intimacy at home. I am so excited for this conversation. He calls it work-life harmony. And, and that's a concept that we've talked about in other ways, but you can already hear how this is going to feel a little bit different. Uva is on a mission to unlock the latent potential within high achiever families, elevating the standards of leadership success and triggering a ripple of positive impact that echoes through generations. Welcome to the show, Uva. Well, it's a pleasure being here. Thank you for this uh, kind introduction. (laughs) What else would you like people to know about you? Well, I do like cooking. (laughs) Do you? (laughs) Yes. Like what, what's your favorite type of, do you like discovering new, uh, you know, meals? Do you have classic ones that you just love and savor the experience of cooking them? Well, it's, it's, it's one of the joys. I, I just, uh, you know, also came with traveling or also being a lot of times in, in Italy when I was younger. And, uh, you know, still the love for cooking was always kind of like there and uh, just mm. creating something. So it's always there. So uh, unfortunately, so I cannot eat everything <laughs> any longer. So, but I, I'm on a diet, but um, I still can eat uh meat which is important to me fish and vegetables and so i'm right on that and uh, i prepare all my stuff uh, for myself so i really Mm. uh, love doing that and uh, it's kind of like a meditative uh, form of like just checking out (laughs) to some extent (laughs) it can be um a task that not many people love i may Mm. be one of those but um sometimes but when there is a we're making this you know something really special there is something about just savoring the process of it so i have to ask what's your favorite like what's one of your favorite meals to make I do, I do love um, my my salad and my, <laughs> it's, it sounds so boring. <laughs> so do, do you have like recipes? <laughs> yes. Wait, so no, wait. Do you to... have like recipes for these salads? Because <laughs> yes, <laughs> well, it's a combination of it's a Romana salad and then you know there's uh, you know there's some. Um, um, some scampi in it and uh, also some black olives, tomatoes. Mm. Mm. And uh, I, I don't use vinegar. I use um, uh, lime juice, fresh, fresh uh, pressed lime okay. instead. And um, yeah, and also some uh, awesome, some pulpo. So, which is also very nice, and um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's really refreshing, especially when it's getting hotter outside. Yeah. And uh, so, other than that, steak and <laughs> vegetables. I would, you know, this is really kind of like it was so crazy because it was 
couple of years ago, I had a, a food poisoning. I, mm. I just really racked up everything. And so, and after that, I, uh, I lost, I think, I don't know how much it's in pounds, but it's, I, I, I count in kilos. So it's uh, yeah. eight kilos. And it was a ton. It was really a massive loss. Yeah. And then I just regained it so fast. And after one year, I had kind of like a stomach back, bug and uh, I didn't know what it was. I just, and I just explored it. And then I went to a, a very good, um, um, physician and, uh, we, we just identified what I can eat, what mm. not. And, mm. but I really love because I love cooking. So I was like, so I was going into kind of like, so, okay, what is good for me? Yeah. <laughs> so, and that is just the parts that I eat now. And this is good for me. And it just was getting used to it. And now I'm just constantly on my same weight and, um, I was good. <laughs> yeah. There's some metaphor in here, mm. you know, of, uh, I love that language you're using of, you know, what's good for me. Um, you know, what is it that you need? Because I'm you know, reflecting on my own dietary uh, <laughs> journey. And so often we eat things that affect us, but we just get so used to tolerating the discomfort and the bloating and the whatever. And I'm like, I think there's a metaphor for work and our toleration and in our relationships. We just, Whoa. you know, get used to the bloat. This is going to be our transition into the, the conversation. Uh, I can see it coming. So it's yeah. about self-care, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> it is. Mental health. All of it. <laughs> one, you know, one of the things that, so you and I connected a few months ago, and I was pretty privileged to be on your show. And, and one of the things that struck me about uh, just learning more about the work you do is that that journey of moving from working with leaders to then looking at their whole system, their home system as well. And I think that's a really, it's a really unique uh, perspective and focus that you have in the work you do. So, so take us back. What, what has been your journey to this point? And then we can start to dig into more specifically the type of work you do and you're so passionate about. Sure. So as I, as I said to you earlier, so I want to, want to dive a little deeper here and um, just to caution, um, you know, if this, uh, it's going to be very emotional. It's a little bit tragic what happened to me mm. and where it all started. So um, really six days before Christmas 2016, my mother died. And I mm. always cherished that I was there for her and holding her hands when she left. And you see, I loved my family and it was really my safe haven. And although they gave me, you know, their, their love and protection as a young boy, I was sexually abused and told no one. Mm. And then... After I lost two very important family members, my uncle when I was 16 and my father when I was 23, something just broke inside. And I started to believe that, you know, the, the remaining members of my family had given up on me. And mm. I distanced myself from them, even my mother, because I felt I couldn't risk opening up to them. And I became isolated, separated from friends, lost my job, was overwhelmed physically and emotionally exhausted and felt there was no reason for being in this world. I was burned out. Mm. And I wasn't sad or angry. You know, the truth is I didn't feel anything at all. And that's when I found myself on the edge of a bridge, mm. one cold winter night. And then I could see my breath as I slowly leaned forward and I let go. But at that moment... Something happened. For the very first time, 
since my father had died, I felt something inside me. And it drew me, literally drew me back from jumping. And it literally saved my life. And that night, I learned an important lesson. I learned that transformation requires more than letting go of the status quo. And, you know, without the other half of the equation, letting go just leaves you in free fall. And if mm -hmm. all I had done on that bridge was let go, then I would not be here talking to you today. So you're probably wondering, what is the other half? Well, the second half of the equation is to feel, perceive, and let in what mm -hmm. is already there. Letting go and letting in, it's a two-part mechanism, and they're only complete as a pair. So on that bridge, all those years ago, I let in a small spark that grew into a powerful flame. And I made myself a promise that I'm still keeping today and to make it my life's mission to help others learn this secret. Because letting go and letting in is crucial for your well-being, your career trajectory, and your family's happiness. It's really about letting in the energy, positive thoughts, and a sense of certainty. And letting go of self-doubt, fear, negativity, and stress. It really is that simple. And the more you do it, the more it happens. It's just like a switch that you can consciously flip to strengthen and re-energize your relationship with your partner every single day. And this is also why your letting go and letting in switch is, is your own anti-burnout system. And it even can divorce-proof your marriage and help you to become a better leader. <laughs> it's, um, I appreciate you, you sharing your story. And, um, you know, there's a couple of things that are, are coming up for me is the, the description of numbness. I think that sometimes, you know, when we talk about mental health challenges and we talk about things like depression and, you know, even burnout, it might not always be painful. It might just be nothing, which I think sometimes can be a scarier place to be in than mm. um, what, you know, what for you so let's so let's dig into this idea of letting go letting in and you and you described mm -hmm. it really quickly but my brain was onto something else so we repeat again you know what is that practice of letting go and letting in and what is that what, what does that look like um mm -hmm. for somebody who's 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 being really intentional about that Mm -hmm. So this is, uh, it's, a, it's an excellent question. So let's dive a little deeper. So my, um, my clients, you know, I help them to really practice letting go and letting in. This is at the core of everything. So first, mm -hmm. you know, you have to identify, you know, your false beliefs. We talked about elephants, right? Mm -hmm. You use elephants mm -hmm. in your work. Mm -hmm. I use elephant thinking, mm -hmm. kind of like the um, equivalent of false beliefs. And we all have those and we all have created them. And so what we are taught typically is that, uh, well, we need to let go of things in our lives and somehow accept to change. But from my experience, you can be more proactive about that. You can be really more practical and tangible about that because the moment I described just a couple of minutes ago is really that moment when we are so focused on letting go 
where we miss the opportunity mm. to see, feel, perceive, and let in what is what else is there in that very moment. So that we can just let in that and I'm already having goosebumps, so you know me. Yeah, you <laughs> love the goosebumps. That's, that's the moment when you also create your, your own goosebumps, right? Mm -hmm. Because then you're opening yourself up at that moment internally. And it's it's an emotional openness that you embrace what else is inside of you. Mm. And before you just kind of like always try to let go of things, and it can be hard. And sometimes um, over the years and, you know, even decades when, when we look back and we have kind of like this extraordinary incident, as I always call it in the past, we all have those. Mine was a bit more tragic, of course, than others, but we all have these, these extraordinary incidents. And in our confusion in the past, we are reacting to that incident and therefore we program ourselves with something like i don't belong i'm mm. not good enough i mm. can't mm. and there are thousands of others of course and so that is kind of like what sticks in our belief system what we programmed it and then over the years over time you know, our belief system works, you know, and we create patterns in our life. And then we create our, these patterns are, you know, resulting in our behavior. So every time we want to change something, I always call this also walk like an Egyptian. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we want to go into a new direction, you know, we are always carried in that direction that our elephant thinking or our false belief, you know, we are programmed it. So it doesn't work. And therefore, we kind of like see all the time, these are the recurring patterns in our life. And like, oh, gosh, I, I thought I have dealt with it years ago and it's still showing up. Why do I always end up in, in a similar relationship with kind of like a similar partner? So we never get an answer to that. So these are these deeper questions over the years and decades even. And people start to believe at one point, well, that's just who I am. Yeah. But that cannot be further from the truth because that is what we allowed ourselves to be true. Hmm. And that's why I, my work is always very deep. I'm German. That helps <laughs> really going to the root causes of things and helping people to identify their core elephant thinking. What is it hmm. exactly? What's there? And then from that experience to let go of that and let in at the same time, you know, something else that is more positive and, and hopeful. That's how you reprogram yourself internally. And you start by kind of like, who can I be? Hmm. So your in, it, it, the identity, this is the identity shift, which is the most important piece. And it takes work to get to that place. That's kind of like my preparation. That's what the activation the a in aim experience stands for because then comes the implementation and then the manifestation and that's what mm. the acronym stands for so essentially you know when when you have had these this um this very deep experience about really feeling like going through your own rock bottom and i'm on your side, literally walking with you these steps in a, in a session. And you go on the other side and you reprogram yourself and you get out of that. We created a new experience, a new memory. 
And that helps you to fall back when you get out there and start uh, implementing letting go and letting in. Because, of course, just doing it once, nope. <laughs> no, nope. our brain needs lots of patterns. Mm -hmm. Exactly. <laughs> those, those old patterns, that elephant thinking is very deep and those patterns are very short for our brain to to go into what and when you when you're working with individuals what are some of the most common false beliefs that you see people hold that um, have a negative impact on their ability to be their true selves to show up at their best um, to have the kind of relationships they want do the kind of work they do well, what are some of those most common limiting beliefs that you see well, as I just said, so, you know, the, the typical suspects that we all kind of like always know in, in, you know, in handbooks, you know, they're all listed there, they're, you know, they all occur. But sometimes, you know, I realize that, um, of course, as, as I mentioned, I don't belong, I'm good enough. And um, I, I think at some time I, I've created a list and there were kind of like really <laughs> hundreds of them. And so I, everything you can imagine. But sometimes it's tricky to, to really find kind of like the right combination in the right situation. And I also say that uh, there's not only elephant thinking, there's also elephant feeling. Mm. Because sometimes, and I had this with a couple of uh, clients that... Um, it wasn't the thinking what they taught themselves in the past. Uh, it was a, a body reaction. Mm. So, for example, um, one client, uh, she kind of like was, was used to ran out of the room mm. as a reaction, yeah, not sure. facing what's going on. It's getting yeah. hot. Yeah, kind of flight. like in a situation, flight. Mm -hmm. So what was the situation? And it turned out it was a situation uh, in, in the youth where... Um, her mother kind of like um, wasn't that kind to her. And she mm. really thought, not thought, but felt, I'm only safe in my room. I'm only mm. safe in my room. That's mm. She was thinking that, but it manifested more in the body reaction because we, we, it took really long to really get to that point to understand, oh, it's that, that the body reaction and there it was embedded. And since then really going to that uh, point to uh, really being able to let that go and replace it with something else. That is when the, when, when, when the magic happens. This is when you crack your code uh, of transformation, you know, and that is when uh, you start shifting. And therefore you need to, I would say kind of like, you know, the more important than uh, identifying at the beginning when you when you start thinking about this is kind of like more like what are the patterns? What are recurring mm -hmm. patterns in your life? So because that is uh, because these things are kind of like very tricky sometimes and they can appear in, in, in periods of like 7, 14 years, 21 years. And so I was like, like, wow, this is happening again. <laughs> yeah. And we I, I, I think that, you know, uh, I'm very pro therapy. <laughs> I'm very pro doing right the deeper work and it can be really easy Um well, a couple of thoughts that are coming up for me, you know, one is that a lot of our patterns of how we think and feel were created from when we were younger. And we don't even realize yeah. that some of those protection mechanisms, well, that was created when I was eight, and not didn't have the thinking brain that I have now didn't have access to that. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and then the other thing is, you know, something that I've had to learn on my journey, um, through, you know, my panic disorder and ADHD and 
um, OCD is that mm. my thoughts, my thoughts don't necessarily uh, mean that's my identity, right? Like mm. we can get really tangled in, in those thoughts. And when you have those patterns, you're like, that's just who I am, or that's who I will always be instead of recognizing like our brain just wants to think stuff sometimes our brain just <laughs> wants it, to you know this, yeah that's but that's i think the, the the crucial piece is uh as i mentioned earlier is the identity piece and yeah. this is uh, too often overlooked because um it is when when you get to the core of yourself and ask the question so who are you right mm. and not many people have a 100% certain answer to that. So I know yeah. 100% who I am. So, and I help my clients to get to that point. It takes time, of course. And, um, but the importance of, um, the determination of your identity is part of your, of the process of becoming independent hmm. because there are three phases, uh, as, uh, you know, I say phases, but essentially they are paradigms. So it starts uh, with uh, dependence land, as I call mm. it. So we get into this world, right? And uh, we got fed, we got cleaned and repeat. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> and, but somehow we evolve and we, we kind of like walk towards uh, being independent. And, um, but we cannot land there if we are not letting go the, codependencies mm -hmm. and the dependencies that we created for ourselves right so we are kind of like in charge and only after we realize we are in charge we are one step closer to entering the next paradigm independence land mm. so and that is necessary uh, before you can get to interdependence because you mm. can't jump from dependence land into interdependence land doop, doop, nope doesn't yeah. work like this and now we're in the in the in the middle of talking about how does this affect your relationship? Mm. Because what I do differently, because I'm not a family counselor, not a family therapist, I coach both partners at the same time, but separately. So they can regain their independence within their relationship and start to level up to each other. And we mm. do this, you know, in regular evaluation sessions, which we call falling back in love sessions. Mm. <laughs> Lots of goosebumps moments. I want to <laughs> hear all about the falling back in love sessions. I, I'm so, I'm so curious about that. Um, yeah, I'm just curious about that. What, like, what, what does that look like when you're working with two couples uh, or, or a couple, right? Mm -hmm. um, or partners? Um, yeah, what does that look like? The falling back in love session? What's an example of that? So the, the journey that they both take at the same time is really kind of like identifying the, uh, the, the false beliefs, the elephant thinking, yeah. as I said, for themselves and realizing getting to the core and letting go of that, letting in something else. And then we have that, uh, falling back a love session. So, and for example, there's a very also, I just have tragic <laughs> examples, but sometimes there are some, the tragic ones, are just, uh, more often also happening. So there's a couple and um, they lost their first child mm. and they um, couldn't talk to each other about that. Mm. And they were already on a pathway to for a divorce. So it was really looming on the horizon. And so what we did was um, I worked with them, as I said, separately. And so each of them were able to face 
their pain and started to talk about them for themselves, which they couldn't because sometimes it's it sounds crazy. Yeah. Uh, it's easier to talk to somebody else that you can trust, yeah. of course, and uh, in a safe and neutral container always. And um, yeah, and who realize, doesn't have the same kind of emotional heat that you might exactly. have on the situation? Yeah, because in couples, typically, what happens is that's also why why you know working separately has its advantages because um, you're not always uh, thinking in terms of like we. Yeah, it's about me and you. Mm -hmm. him and her him and him whatever mm -hmm. so you know it's the two personalities and both of uh, both of uh, the both of you have to embrace allow yourself to determine your independence within your relationship mm. that's the personal growth step that is necessary to get to um that realizations and the the kind of like uh, also the healing process uh, in in the case of the loss of a child and all i had to do when we when 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 i brought this couple together in the in the falling back in love session actually was to facilitate and have some clinics here <laughs> because it was very moving because they've for the first time started to talk to each other and mm. really what they felt and um, how happy they were that they are together. And uh, we created a kind of like a little ritual for them so they could honor um, their lost child together, mm. you know, going, lighting a candle and uh, going there. It was very, very moving. Uh, you know, nobody had uh, dry, uh, dry eyes at the end of the session. And But what it also showed that that there's no need for telling someone how to communicate. So mm. when you are at the root cause of things and you have a better understanding, oh gosh, this is why I trigger you and this, uh, okay, and this is why I trigger you and you have a better understanding, communication is a piece of cake. Yeah. Because you have dealt with it on your own. And now yeah. you're just ready to uh, share with each other and and create also which is super super important it's often get get missed um, create a shared vision for the two of you but also what it means to be kind of like independent partners in an interdependent relationship yeah. which is uh, uh, essentially the ideal solution to that that's i um there's there's a lot that's resonating for me of that idea of of finding your independence and then and then you know um, discovering co-creating right what's our inter interdependence like and I think that you know for many people we weren't raised into how do you have a relationship you know not just how do we have a relationship interdependently but how do we have a relationship with ourselves independently what does that look like and when I think about you know, when I think about uh, my evolution, Nick and my evolution, right? Mm -hmm. um, that was part of a, a transformation for us was to both start to get clear about um, our own needs, our own challenges, mm -hmm. right? Some of the limiting beliefs that we were bringing into the table um, and not even maybe realizing, right, how those were showing up. And um, and then what does it look like for us to move forward? Because, you know, I, speaking from experience, I was raised and as a woman, you just defer. You just, 
you just constantly defer, right? And, uh, you know, for him, from a, uh, and I'm speaking from an American culture, right, perspective, right? The, the, the man has to be the achiever and they have to be the one who takes care. And, um, and those, those beliefs don't necessarily serve us. That's not who we are. <laughs> you know, he's, he's very nurturing and I'm more the, you know, ambitious driven one. And, and that was a real process for us. We'll be back with Uva Dockhorn in a moment. I imagine that it is not often you see couples taking the time to get really clear about a shared vision. And I'm curious to hear more about what does that look like? A shared vision for our life, a shared vision for how we interact together, a shared vision for our values, for our future. So explain, explain that a little bit. Um, and, you know, what are some questions people can be thinking about who might be listening to this in their car and going, oh, my partner and I, we've, We've never done that. What would that look like? So, so, so talk us through, you know, mm. what, what, what are we focusing on and what might be some questions we ask ourselves? Well, all of the above. Yeah. <laughs> <you just> mentioned. <laughs> I figured, but I wasn't sure. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, uh, in, uh, with my work, we, we go first for themselves. <clears throat> we create, um, what I call this is a personalized affirmation, <clears throat> which essentially is, at the end of each sessions, we create for, for, for everyone uh, something. And the final question I ask them is, what is the number one advice to yourself that helps mm. you to support in what just happened uh, during our coaching session? Um, so essentially, this is um, a very good question to ask yourself. What's the number one advice I can give myself? Because you know mm. yourself the best. Mm. So that is what you can start with and, um, and really nurture that and be brutally honest with yourself and um, because you know yourself and i would say you know to make it easier just imagine you would talk to you as your best friend and just kind mm -hmm. of like your arm around yourself and say like well and now from the receiving end uh, it would go like this well you start with your first name <laughs> so uwe focus on listening Mm. make it short make it count not more than seven words you don't have to write a novel so really kind of like so hey make this work mm. start it give yourself the best advice in that situation so that's kind of like you training yourself to self-reflect and self-care mm. so that helps you on the on, on on that level of course in the in these uh, falling back in love sessions, you know, um, we start creating kind of like that. Um, what can you now do together that helps you to support your partnership, your relationship? Mm. So whatever came up, so it depends always on that. But that is kind of like the entry point. It's always very sounds so generic, but you know your your topic. So what can you do? And <laughs> Entering in your own independence, I just want to add that uh, briefly because it's very important for the process yeah. because um, it's a determination in independence land. A different set of rules than independence land. So it's a paradigm, you know, mm. it's a sign of a paradigm. Mm -hmm. It has its own set of rules. So so therefore, when you are um, in, in the independence land, uh, you are in charge. 
Nobody else is. So the only catch here is because you determine everything, you have to honor it. And that's different. Mm. So when you just start asking these questions to yourself and start honoring you being independent, that helps you already getting on that path. And then, of course, when you know you create, because in implementation we have seven uh, success areas of your life, and and everybody is uh, implementing for themselves to find their individuality, their values, what they what they love about. So this is implementation, and then we have uh, also manifestation because there you face first setbacks, and mm. that is on purpose because. <laughs> Think about how long you have uh, it has taken to create right. all these false beliefs and <laughs> yeah. patterns. So it's just normal. It's taken me so 42 years. Exactly. That's so not going away because that. we had a conversation. <laughs> exactly. So it's, it's, it's very good. So, but I, I put this into kind of like on, on purposes, like really master your setbacks. So, mm. and it, it happens because we work together, you know, um, uh, three months, six months, uh, nine months, 12 months, it depends um, on, on the intensity. And uh, there will come, there are, the recurring patterns are happening. It's a thing. So, yeah. and that is the moment where we can catch the situation. Like, so here we go. Now mm -hmm. let's go deep. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of like the moment when you're ready to really determine your identity, your new identity, because everything is else is just peeling the onions away from the core. Yeah. Yeah. And the core is your identity. So when they have all experienced that and I dive into my, I do these monthly life demonstrations, I dive a little bit deeper into how this all works. So. When, when they, they go all through this, this process, then at, at the end of the coaching, you're already kind of like in our final falling back in love sessions, we create your family mantra hmm. where you kind of like, where everything is culminating that you experienced the, the setbacks, the, the, your new identities in the relationship also in the work at work mm -hmm. because we haven't talked about the connection to that mm -hmm. one yet but um but important to create uh, that family mantra for um your family for your relationship and um, and live it and honor it so that's that's the part and i just mentioned the work connection if i may is that okay or do you have another yeah you question? can i mean i got lots of i always have questions and thoughts <laughs> but good <laughs> so we, we can talk endlessly <laughs> yeah we just we'll circle around we'll just you know we'll, loop, so we'll loop around <laughs> love it so because i you know and i call this process recycling motivation hmm. and essentially what it means is um first you start <clears throat> with yourself and the missing link here in the equation also in leadership is the letting go letting in part so you start with yourself with the self-care so that you can gain the motivation at home with your family. And therefore, you're able to spend your motivation at work and repeat. Hmm. So that's how we recycle motivation. Yeah. Because I strongly believe that in order to become a great leader, you first must become a better partner at home. Hmm. And there's the connection to the executives, the medical professionals, the business owners I work with, and their VIPs. And in, in organizations, they're slowly opening up 
to that thought that, well, mental health is a topic. So I consider myself an advocate in, in, in mental health. Um, but because of my work, I go deeper and help, you know, leaders become more effective because the missing link in the equation here in skillful leadership also means if you're not practicing the letting in part and just using the somehow letting go part, you're missing 50% of the equation. Mm, sure. So all your skills that you trained yourself are kind of like missing an important piece. Mm. So you can be quicker in your decision making because you are based on 100% certainty about who you are and where you want to go because you have determined that for yourself clearly. And if you have these patterns, these recurring patterns, and they're kind of like lingering in, and of course, we all have these uh, tran transitional phases in our lives. So we have to move from one place to another or, you know, whatnot uh, comes by. People die around us and we have to, to, to cope with uh, the effects of that. So there's, there's a lot of stuff going on. The only constant in life is change, as we know, right? Yeah. So we yeah. better be prepared for that. Yeah. <clears throat> the the thing you know a couple of things that are are uh, coming up for me um you know when i uh, i really uh, you know that idea of to be the best leader right like you have to be a good partner and you know because so much of leadership is relationships and building trust and communication and i could imagine that there could be some um challenges I've seen it, maybe I've witnessed it, I've observed it in some of our clients as well. But that when you are the person, per, let's talk the people who are at the top, right? The, the people who are the CEOs, the executive directors, the business owners. Um, one, when you have power kind of over, that can be a tra transition, a challenging transition to then step into a space where it's interdependence, right? Now, I think we would probably both argue that great leaders understand their interdependence at work as well. Like it isn't just about the independence. And, um, and, but so I could see that being a challenging transition of going from being the person in power, having an incredible amount of independence in the sense of like, whatever you say goes, and now you're in this partnership where there it isn't just you. It is this give and take. This is something the two of you are, are creating together. And, and the thing that I feel like I witness a lot is that a lot of people have tolerated or not even been aware of that they've never seen what a really effective relationship can look like. They haven't seen what it looks like to meet each other and to listen to each other. And, you know, and, and you made this point a while back of you don't necessarily need to give communication skills when we are able to just show up, be ready, right? And listen, we can, we can get to the core. So I'm just curious, you know, there's a couple of thoughts that I, 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 I leaped frog through, but I'm curious to hear, you know, what comes up for you and what are some of those challenges you see when you're working with people in those executive positions of power and how that might be challenging for them when they start to work on their um, interdependence, right, at home. 
Well, we, we have to go back to kind of like where people most, most of the time are. And so picture this. Um, you may feel trapped in a maze of paperwork and deadlines, unable to attend important family events, you know, such as your daughter's soccer game due to your obligations at work. And you finally reach the field, but the constant notifications from work and your phone distract you from your task and the fallout. Well, growing distance between you and your loved ones. So these are just one of the indicators kind of like when you see like, Oh gosh, here we go. And, um, you want that, you do all that for, for them. But the implications are bigger because um, what, what we had earlier on is that when we talk about uh, these recurring patterns and so on, and we are essentially, we are not aware most of the time of, of our patterns. Yeah. So, and that's to identify them, you would uh, need a mirror. So, and consider me a professionally trained mirror. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> that needs to go on your business card. <laughs> and exactly. And um, <clears throat> I'm just there in the uh, asking the right question in the right moment at the right time. So, yeah. and that helps you to realize, oh gosh, this is going on. This is why executive coaching is so uh, effective because, mm -hmm. but you know, now that I'm, I'm coaching both partners, it started with the executives and I always got asked by the spouses, Hey, I love what you did with my spouse. Can you coach me yeah. too? And be like, yay, cool. Another client. <laughs> but of course, um, but that's when I realized there's this imbalance in, in the relationship. Mm. So there's mm. the breadwinner up here. And then, you know, you feel abandoned, you know, kind of like, Oh gosh, what's, what's, you know, um, because typically yeah, what's what my value, right? Exactly. Like what's my value or how? Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, um, VIPs not only want to um, provide emotionally to the family, they want to provide financially. It's about recognition, about contribution, acknowledgement. And so even if it, if they never can compete with the uh, quantity, the amount of uh, money that uh, typically the executives, uh, you know, gain uh, in their job, but it's all about having um, the acknowledgement, uh, the contribution, to the wealth of the family. So, and having their own project or whatever it is, starting, most of them start their own business. Sure. Right? <clears throat> because they ask them the, the natural progression. And if you have kids, typically when, uh, when women are, uh, have kids with their two to three years old, they ask themselves, so, okay, what's the next step for me here? So, because they see, well, kids are <laughs> growing, it's okay, but where am I in this equation? Here again, that's the identity piece. Yeah. So, but coming back to the, to the, uh, to the, to the C-suite. So, and when you are dedicated to your family and you want also to have a career trajectory that is moving upward again, then at one point you ask yourself, well, I see I'm stuck. I'm running in circles. I'm running around my patterns. I'm just here, stuck. So that's essentially the moment um, where you need a mirror, hmm. professionally trained mirror to see kind of like, hey, what's going on here and really get to the, to the bottom of things. And um, so that you have a clear vision and clarity about, hey, what are my next steps within the company, the organization? I'm, I'm a leader. I'm, was I been, have I been overlooked, uh, for some time to get to the next position? It was promised and what, what not. And also I want to value kind of like having and enjoying, as I say, harmony at home, right? 
So, and fun and adventure and, and intimacy and all that good stuff, right? So, to combine the two, it's really you have to start to become the better partner at home so you can become a better leader to make the decision and see the connection there. And typically what happens in these organizations, sometimes they, well, very long ago, but still sometimes you, you, you can sense that uh, this, uh, this tenor that uh, they say, well, we just separate kind of like the work life and mm. the family life. Mm-hmm. And hence, yes, we are really, we really want to provide work-life balance, which mm-hmm. I call BS because yep. it doesn't exist. <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> so there's only work-life harmony. And and that is kind of like when they realize, oh gosh, yes, here, here we go. So um there there's the need for for change and there's the better you become in cracking your code of transformation, the more effective and successful you're gonna be. Yeah. Yeah, with I mean, within the realms of what you have to control, right? Obviously, there's always external sure, we're, factors. We're not living and, in a vacuum, so right, 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 right. <laughs> um, and some paths may be easier for some people than than others, depending, yeah. right, like on your yeah, situation. But, but this is the the pattern, the pattern piece that that we had earlier. So because we are not aware of this, and so yeah. this is what why we are circling around and around and around what's going on, and so because we are not aware that we are creating it. Um, we are the creators of our own patterns and our mm. own belief system. Nobody else has done this for us. We, yeah, we, I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah. And, and that realization alone is like, and you know, sometimes it can be really tough for um, for people to even ask for help, and that can be a, a big challenge. So like, so because some on uh, on the career ladder, uh, you know, and there's there's a difference between how men approach uh, power and women approach power. And so for, um, and thankfully we're getting more into <laughs> having more fe- uh, women leaders uh, in our society yeah. because um, women really have, uh, and I just heard this uh, uh, recently that there was a, a research about that. Um, women approach it more like, um, what can I do with my power? What impact can I have with my power? Instead of like the singular, just position, hierarchical, you know, um, this is power I have. So we see this all the time, right? I have power over people. I have power over people, right? And what can I do with that amount of power responsibly and impacting? And so you're not, so um, women are not so, so, um, so fast corrupted by power. Yeah, and that's also what uh, what the study showed. Uh, so it's really interesting. So, and we're in changing times, and so it's twenty twenty three. You know, it's not like eighteen twenty three. It's so. there. I mean, yeah, there are still times where I'm like, we still we're still talking about this in twenty twenty. Yes. You know, it's yeah. like, but I mean, it's it's always slow moving. But but um, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's the. You know, just to echo, like I, I'm ready to see more women in power too. So, um, <laughs> just to just to see it different, right? To approach it differently, and um, and to see to see what's possible. And I think that the you know as as we're we're coming down to our time, um, you know, what I'm curious about is you know for for people who are listening, what what would be the you know. What would be a, a professionally trained mirror question for them to reflect on? Um, 
whether it's through the lens of thinking about their independent journey or their interdependent journey? What would be one, you know, one sort of lasting reflection question you might offer people? I would say start there. Um, because typically what happens is that um, we've, we are in, you know, fearful, even if we won't, wouldn't uh, kind of like commit to that, but sometimes it's just also the guilt behind that, uh, that is there. So ask yourself, um, who owns this problem here in front of mm. me? Who's mm. the owner of the problem? And <laughs> writing it down. Well, I've got a funny story to like, but keep talking because sure. I think that's a really powerful question. And I'm smiling because I'm, uh, you'll, like, you'll understand in a minute while I'm smiling. Yes. I continue talking. <laughs> I can't wait. I make it quick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, exactly. But that is the question. So you ask yourself kind of like sometimes say, who, who does, the, uh, who's the owner of this problem here? Who does this problem belong to? Is this yeah. my problem or is this someone else's problem? Because that is the, 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 the thought process when, when you're an inter independent um, person. So it's like, so, well, is it me or is that someone, someone else? So, because, and when you are still trapped in independence land, most of the time you blame it on somebody else, yeah, right? Yeah. So because yeah. you make yourself dependent on what, whatever the situation might be. And to ask yourself, this is a very powerful question to ask yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And then, you know, the, uh, the expansion that was coming up for me is in like, what part of this problem do I own? You know, because I right. think, it, like you said, it it's so easy to blame. It's so easy to point fingers and it's so much harder to say, but what role did I play? So I love that question of who owns the problem. So here's why I was smiling and smirking a little bit. We were working with a team who was working on relationship, like a challenging relationship dynamic between two parties. And as we were doing our exploration, the, the phrase one of the teams came up with is who's going to change the sheets. And I was really confused. And I said, like, what do you mean who's going to change the sheets? And they said, because we both shit the bed. Like, <laughs> and, and basically, like, we both contributed to this problem. Right. So, so like, how are we going to change the sheets was the like analogy. So that's why it's just, I, it was such a like unique <laughs> description, but, but basically they were able to get to the point of we both yeah. contributed to this. Right. And what role are we each going to play in improving it, right? Um, that's a less tactful way of asking the beautiful question you said is, you know, who owns this problem? And if it's yeah. a relationship, probably both of us own some piece of it, um, right? And how well, we I navigate can, it. I can give you uh, uh, the, the follow-up question to kind yeah. of like, if you have an entry question, always ask yourself, how does this make me feel? Yeah. Mm. Because then you're... Con you're uh, connecting your emotions to the problem uh, in front of you or the situation it doesn't have to be a problem and the situation how does this make me feel so because change you know i always tell my clients you can't think yourself through change mm. doesn't work nope you have to feel yeah. feel perceive it's kind of like getting, I always make the comparison sometimes. So it's like, you know, there's a bottle and there's a, there's a bottleneck. So you can't put your head through that and you can't think your head through that hole. You can't do it. But if you are falling back to your emotions, you become liquid mm. and fluid. And that's how you uh, get through things. 
you let go and let in. And so mm -hmm. you have to change. You have to mm -hmm. change literally kind of the, your status and asking the question, how does it make you feel? And then just uh, as a, as a further follow up, um, I would say, so what? What does this mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then yeah. You get yeah. Really yeah. To the root causes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love it. Uva, as we wind down our time, I, you know, I'd like to hear from you uh, related to the question that we ask all of our guests at the end of our time together. What was the conversation with yourself or with someone else that was transformative? And you maybe already hit on it, but I'll let you speak to that. Well, thank you for that. Yeah. So essentially, it was really the conversation I had with myself for the very first time after uh, I experienced that episode uh, at the edge of that bridge. Yeah. where I realized and I made several promises to myself. One of them was, hey, I want to, you know, help people to understand this. Um, but this came a little bit later. But in that moment really was because I was exhausted. I was numb before. I couldn't feel anything. I really made my promise, having goosebumps now when I talk about this, um, that I want to live a life where I can feel all the emotions that there are no matter what. Mm. And I'm still holding my promise to that. So I'm still allowing all the promises, being emotional, crying like a baby, whatever it takes, and uh, just feeling that. And that is, I think, my most, the most important conversation and realization. Because sometimes we can have these... Uh, realizations because of a conversation i think that's also why you're asking this because it's yeah. so important to have conversations with yourself and it starts yeah. with you so lean in ask yourself hey what's going on here how does it feel so what <laughs> what's yeah. going on here <laughs> yeah how curious that's always me i'm always like that's interesting how curious you know yes. <laughs> um what a beautiful what a beautiful promise to yourself and in a in the world that I live in, there's so much chasing of happiness and so much pushing away of sadness or pain or I mean, we could have a whole nother conversation about men and emotions and what emotions are appropriate. So I just I that's such a um, beautiful, that's just such a beautiful commitment to yourself. And I, um, yeah, I just love that so much. Uva. Thank you so much for joining our show. If people wanted to connect with you, wanted to learn more about the work, maybe wanted to learn more about how you could work with them and their very important partner, what's the best way for people to connect with you? Oh, it's easy. Thank you for the opportunity. Well, go to www.uvedarkhorn.com. That's U-W-E-D-O-C-K-H-O-R-N.com. And you find a ton of resources there. We have an assessment about um, what's uh, what's your number one uh, hidden number one um, a stress relief blocker mm. we have a case study there and uh, a lot of stuff, a lot of fun. We also do these live demonstrations, as I mentioned earlier, where we really focus on kind of like how you can get your career trajectory moving upward again and at the same time open the floodgates of fun and intimacy at home. <laughs> I love Let's it. Let's create work-life harmony, right? <laughs> Let's do it. I mean, let's the world needs all of it 
I want I, the world needs. I think the world would be a better place if we had more fun and intimacy, and and I don't mean just yeah. like a fun place, but that intimacy yeah. of vulnerability and connection yes. and being able to go deep. So, um, as always, we will put all of that information in the show notes. Thank you so much again for saying yes and joining us uh, across the pond. We appreciate you. Ah, uh, thank you so much. Thank you very much. Our guest this week has been Uva Dockhorn. And one of the things that I'm holding on to is, is that question of reflection of what advice would you give yourself right now? And I, I really appreciated the imagery of talk to yourself as if it's your best friend. Hey, Sarah, here's what here's what we know. Here's what we need. I think that's a really beautiful practice and something I'm holding on to. And we want to hear from you. What resonated for you? What came up for you? What questions do you have? You can always reach out to us at podcast at com or send me a DM on any social media because my DMs are always open. If you'd like to support the show, please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. It helps us increase our visibility and get exposure so we continue to have really great conversations like we did today. Another way you can support the show is by becoming a patron. You can go to patreon.com slash conversations on conversations where your financial contribution supports the team that makes this podcast possible. Plus, you'll get some pretty great swag. Thanks to our incredible team who makes this show possible, to our producer, Nick Wilson, to our sound editor, Drew Noll to our transcriptionist Becky Reinert and our marketing consultant Caitlin Summit Nelson and the rest of the Snow Coach crew. A big final thank you to Uva Dockhorn for joining us all the way from Germany. This has been Conversations on Conversations. Thank you all so much for listening. And remember, when we can change the conversations we have with ourselves and others, we can change the world. So be sure to rest, rehydrate, and we'll see you again next week.